Welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. ProGrace is a training and equipping organization whose vision is for Christians to embrace a grace-centered response to dealing with unplanned pregnancies, thus creating communities where both the woman and the child can thrive. It's not either or. Pro-Grace creates a third option in the pro-life, pro-choice divide, and by doing so, they more fully express God's heart. We are here in Red Deer, Alberta with Anne Waddell from Pro-Grace, and she will share with us about this vital ministry that expresses God's heart in such a practical and beautiful way. And thank you so much for joining us on Eddie's Written Canada today. Honored to be here. So, and before we speak about Pro-Grace, can you take us back to how you found Christ? Oh, God is so good. He's a very gracious God. Uh, I'm just so honored that He had a plan and agenda for my life far beyond than what I knew. At a young age, I was stirred up to have to, uh, to want to move away from my home and uh, having the need to, to get away from all, all of the culture and the things that I was exposed. Grew up in the Catholic faith, uh, just by tradition, but just have this longing that there had to be something more and uh, things to pursue. I, I had uh, always uh, grew up with a, a sense of wanting to fight for the underprivileged and the victims and all, and, and that reflected even in the schoolyard where I was always quick to react to situations where people were being bullied and, uh, and take care of the situations. And then I thought that uh, the longing grew to be become a police officer. I can believe that as a French Canadian against all odds, barely made it through high school as I went through that. But the longing was big. And I, I recognized that as being a calling from God that uh, he had an agenda. I was obedient. He gave me the courage to get on the plane at the age of 20. I couldn't speak English and to go away uh, out of province when I've never traveled that way before. I ended up in Regina. From there, then the RCMP transferred me to Northern Saskatchewan. I end up in a small Mennonite community where I befriended a beautiful young woman, Christian woman, that introduced me to Christianity through attending Bible study. At a time where I was a bit disillusioned about life, when I had accomplished a dream, a career, and having the new car, the money, the means, and feeling empty. There was a void. So definitely, uh, God's calling uh, brought me to Northern Saskatchewan to experience Him in a personal way, and it's been a journey ever since. And from from there, I had the privilege to travel here to visit in Red Deer, Alberta, and be introduced to my husband, a beautiful Christian man that uh, now we celebrate over 33 years of marriage and four children and five grandkids. So God is good, far more than I ever asked or imagined. His agenda for my life uh, has been overwhelming, and uh, I can only but trust Him moving forward. It's been a journey. So advocating for the underdog, part of uh, your journey was to go and become the executive director for the Central Alberta Pregnancy Care Center. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, that journey started a while ago, and it's just, uh, I'm not quite sure yet while I was called to this specific cause, but I got involved as a volunteer when my children were young, and uh, I really appreciated the privilege and how I was grown as a person, as a Christian, to meet these women in the counseling room and hear their stories and be given the privilege for them to open up and be vulnerable and to trust me with their story. It was such such an honor, and it opened up my, my 
my world. And then one of the tension that uh, I experienced through them and later on into my role in leadership as an executive director was that uh, I, I know that I had been on both sides of the spectrum, that at some point before I left Quebec, uh, thought to be in an unplanned pregnancy, it turned out was a false alarm. But at that time, based on my culture, my values, and what I knew to do was to go across the border and have an abortion and come back as if nothing happened. Then I can pursue my dreams and ambition. Fast forward, when I became a Christian, I thought the way to honor God through the issue was to join the pro-life movement and do the picketing and advocacy and all that. But when I came to, to meet the women in the counseling room and of all walks of life under very difficult circumstances and different circumstances, I, I wrestled in that time. And then later on, when I was part of a leadership team, we wondered how can we have a posture that we can really serve the woman uh, in a way that uh, not only her or not only the child, but to look at them as a, as a whole, as God's creation and de designed for both of them to thrive and how to do that where our, our words, our attitude and our action would just reflect his true heart in the issue. The uh, tension was there and also the tension was in our community how to communicate our work in a way that we would make anyone or everyone, depending on where they're at on the issue, feel open to the conversations. And so that's where ProGrace came in. So friends, you might be wondering about what ProGrace is, what are the foundational principles of ProGrace. So we want to show you this right now. So take a look at this. My name is Angie Wesley, and I'm the CEO of ProGrace. ProGrace goes beyond the political debate, equipping believers with an approach that frees us to think, talk, and act more like Jesus would if he were here today. We're motivated by the fact that of the churches we have surveyed, about 90% of Christians say that abortion is one of the major social issues their church should be addressing. But then 90% of these same respondents say they are not involved in any way. What's the disconnect? Maybe it's that many of us feel the options we've been presented with just aren't that appealing. Because the way the current political debate is framed makes it seem like we need to be either for the woman or for the child. But something about that feels off to us. And we find ourselves asking the question, if Jesus were here today, where would he be in this issue? Why did God create pregnancy? He could have chosen to bring life into the world any way he wanted. But his design is pregnancy. There's really nothing else like it, where the welfare of two people are so intertwined that it's impossible to help one while bypassing the other. But instead of respecting God's design, the political debate divides us into two camps. One focused on the needs of the woman, the other focused on the needs of the child. What we need is a third option, because somewhere in the middle of this debate is a woman and a child with real emotions and real needs. And if those needs go unmet, she often feels that her only choice is between abortion or overwhelming struggle as a mom. At current rates, more than one in four women in America will have an abortion by age 40. And the rates aren't that different between those who call themselves Christians and those who do not. 
That means there are thousands of women in our churches who have or will face an unplanned pregnancy. This may sound unbelievable because you've rarely heard this from women at your church, but isn't that proof there's a problem? Because for many women, the church is one of the last places they would turn to for help. But there is a way we can change this if we are willing to look inside first. What if there was a third way for Christians to respond? A new way to think about this issue, aligning with God's design of pregnancy so that we value both the woman and the child equally. A new way for us to talk about this issue, using language that communicates God's grace and builds bridges, not walls. And a new way to act, responding with grace the way Jesus would, so that our churches become safe places where both women and children can thrive during and after an unplanned pregnancy. God has a pathway of hope for the issue of abortion, and it's us, it's His church. When we embrace a new way to think, talk, and act, we release His grace, bringing His third option. Join the pro-grace movement today. My name is Linda Heron. I'm the Client Services Director at the Central Alberta Pregnancy Care Center. I want to tell you, share a story with you about um, a young lady that I worked with for quite a while. In our, through our center. Um, she came to us actually after her abortion. And we sat down together. She shared her story and said that she'd had an abortion the week before and she didn't even know why she had done it. So one of the things that I do uh, when someone comes in after an abortion is I talk to them um, about the whole experience. So talk to me about the drive there, about your time in the parking lot, in the waiting room, in the treatment room, which is part of uh, working through the grief process and avoiding denial. When she shared about being in the treatment room, she said, there was something very strange that happened when I was in there. I felt this overwhelming love. It was like the room was full of love and I didn't know what that was. And she carried on and told me about the rest of her time and the trip home and the day after. Uh, before she left, I said, can I share something that I believe happened in that room? And she said, yes. And I said, I think when you were feeling that overwhelming love, that was Jesus. And he wasn't raiding outside the room. He was with you and he was crying with you. And he's not mad at you. I later learned that because of that conversation, she came back and I worked with her for a long time. Eventually, um, through her involvement there, she started going to church. She popped in one time and they were doing a baptism Sunday and she ended up not planned, not with any forethought at all. She went and was baptized as well. Um, following that, she did our volunteer training She's now married to a wonderful young man, and they have the most beautiful baby I've ever seen, I think. She's now serving in the Central Alberta Pregnancy Care Center, and she's working with women who've had abortions and is having a huge impact in their lives. And I really like the way Pro-Grace cuts through the divide and really presents the full picture of God's heart. What is the beauty of this program for you? 
Oh, there's so much to be said. But the main thing for me, like you said, it's God's heart be revealed in the issue and through us as Christian Christ followers. ProGrace has done some research where the two primary needs of a woman are for emotional support and practical resources. And as a Christian community, that is our role. It is not to judge, condemn, coerce her in her decision making, is to be the hands and feet and provide that support, a safe place for her to tell her story, to be heard, and to be given the practical resources of, uh, that she needs to overcome her difficult circumstances. We were privileged in Central Alberta here with the Central Alberta Pregnancy Care Center. As we approach our community with these two primary needs, you know, we saw the need to say, okay, we're offering the options counseling, but what are we doing to be more practical? What about the women in other communities? And what about housing? And the community stepped up and beyond the need and we grew. We were able to open other centers in surrounding communities and to provide a beautiful maternity home, a place where they can uh, live through their pregnancy, be cared for, be nurtured on, and loved unconditionally, and then to be able to stay and be equipped to parent successfully uh, after the child is born or place or supported to place for adoption practical resources, and then the support, the emotional support through all of that. And so often we've heard clients says, really, me? Uh, if you knew my, you know, uh, after all I've told you, you still want me to be part of your program. And that's what ProGrace uh, brings into this. It's just this grace approach that you know, we've all experienced God's grace. You've heard my story. I've experienced it, and I experience it on it every day. So it is renewed every day, and it's a, it's a beautiful way. So the statistics are telling us that this is not only happening outside of the church, it's happening within the church. So 40% of those women who are experiencing a termination of pregnancy um, are are within the church, and yet only about 7% of those women are actually speaking to their church about this decision. Yes, I think it's their, their conception, their, their, their history, their exposure they've had to different churches and to the, to the Christians too, and the way that we, we speak about it. And I've, I've experienced being in churches speaking many, many times and sharing, you know, if, if if so many are from the church, but overall, one of the four women is experiencing it, terminating her. That's a lot of women. And when I speak in the church, I have the privilege to say, when you do speak about the issue, that that be in your work environment or around your dinner table at, Chris, no, at Christmas time, within your church, wherever it is, one of the four women. So when you do speak of it, will your words, your attitude, your action bring healing and restoration or add to some of the guilt and shame they can be experiencing. And a lot of it is, is self-imposed. We don't need to do it. <laughs> People should know that. It doesn't, they, they carry a burden through their past experience in that way. We have to be really careful about the language we use in talking about this issue because we don't know who's listening. And when people are listening, they're thinking, are you a safe person to talk to? Definitely. We want those walls and we want to build bridges. We want to be a safe, inviting place. You know, Mike, I remember speaking in a church and once I had a pastor get up after I spoke and he was all choked up and he, he asked his congregation for forgiveness. He says, I didn't realize that 
so many of you in here could have experienced an abortion. And I know that the way I've spoken of it and the words I would have used in some of my messages would not have brought healing. And, and it's not all churches. Some churches are very gracious and very welcoming and have beautiful programs. But based on those statistics, we know that it's probably not the norm. And you know, grace is extended to all of us because I've had the privilege, the same as my team and, and people that work within the pregnancy care movement, we have the privilege to hear the stories and to to be transformed by that. Before I had I heard the stories, I was I, I was on both sides of the spectrum. It's only the work and meeting the women and uh, be able to experience and walk alongside them, their journey that changed me. And I truly believe that we will revolutionize the issue of abortion by bringing the grace ingredient into the whole debate. And what does the pro-grace approach look like in a practical sense? Yes, well, it's the way that we, we meet the woman in the counseling room, that the, the really practical to make her feel that she's safe, not coercing her, just listening to her story. And again, I bring it back to that emotional support where she feels like she's at home. We hear that often and they feel that they're cared and they're not being judged no matter uh, what they do. And it opens up in a beautiful way. And then to be able to just really bring those resources, those practical resources. Mm -hmm. And then what we do with the clients is regardless where they're at, it is not a mandate to impose our faith values, but when we bring the grace into the equation, it just grows them a little bit closer to who God is and His heart for them. And then, you know, I've sat across people and I've had people from all walks again on both spectrum, you know, Christian, non-Christian, pro-life, pro-choice, wherever they're at. And when I've shared that with them and said, you know that women face very difficult circumstances when they face a non-planned pregnancy. Would we not both agree that they have the right to access the information they need to make a well-informed choice? And on top of that, to be accessing God's unconditional love and grace, just like you and I, on a daily basis, no matter what they choose to do, and you know, we know we've done a really good job, you talk about the practical implication of it, is when they come back after choosing to terminate, they don't feel judged and condemned, they know it's a safe place, and they come back and say, I need some help, I'm not doing so good. It just warms our heart to know that now they're, they're getting a little, a little picture, a little view of God's heart, and then the work begins. You know, and I just can't help thinking about the story of Jesus with the woman that was caught in adultery. He just did that so quietly and so beautifully. Beautiful story in John 8, and we use that all the time, because one thing that we see that's the beauty of it is Jesus first addresses the Pharisees. And then when they're gone, then he addresses her and leaves her in awe of his gentleness and his grace, and she's able to go away and be transformed by her experience and they're having experienced Jesus in that way. Beautiful story. So Anne, you're dealing with the emotions and the practical side. Do you have any uh, personal stories that you've experienced that really speak to you personally? Oh yes. Do you know that a woman can choose to terminate with as much love in her heart than the woman that choose to carry the term? 
Let me tell you of a, a, a young woman that came to us and since the, her story is that since the age of four uh, has been sexually abused, ended up in a foster care uh, program on and off, onto the street, into drug addiction and sex trade and on and on, finds herself pregnant. Uh, out of love, she wants to spare that child of the world that she knows. Out of love, she says, there's no way I can bring a child into the world that I've experienced unless somebody comes alongside with that emotional support saying, you know, I'm so sorry you had to go through all this, but let me paint a picture of hope for you. And that is what we're able to do in the pregnancy care movement. And the other story is the young woman that grew up in the church, pastor's daughter, and has kept pure through all these years and goes to university and uh, finds herself pregnant. Her reflex is to terminate her pregnancy because she wants to spare her family, her congregation, the shame and the guilt. And that story is a true story. And by the grace of God, will she spare that choice through someone and introduced her to a local pregnancy center and help her search her own heart? Because that's something that we do in our practical resources. We help her see uh, what their heart's telling them. Your heart is often what we want you to honor. So when you look back, yeah, you will have made the choice that you felt was best for you at the time based on your, on your heart. I received a phone call Monday and uh, it was a very frantic young man actually on the phone that said, my girlfriend's pregnant. Uh, we are not ready for this. We need to get an abortion and I need to book it as soon as possible. And I said, well, let me tell you what we do here. We help people like yourself who are facing an unplanned pregnancy. And the way that we do that is we would love to meet with you. We'd love to sit down and talk with you and go over all of your options and then offer you some decision-making tools. He finally agreed to come in quite nervously. And when we met with them, we went through um, all of her options and then we went through decision-making tools. Their concerns were financial, um, embarrassment of what the family would think, future plans, goals and dreams uh, that they felt were being destroyed, that none of those things would happen anymore. She even said that she had never really wanted to be a mother. She hadn't given it any thought at all. So we talked a bit about um, what it might look like um, if they did decide to go forward. She did admit that her family were, had always been very supportive. And when I asked, how do you think they would respond? She said, uh, they'd probably be happy. So you've shared with me that financially there's no way you could have a baby, but there's a lot of help out there and we can help you to find that. We can show you the resources that are out there. You talked about all your dreams being dead if you have a baby. Um, and I think there may be dreams that you don't even know about yet. You talked about your family and the embarrassment, but you also just shared with me that those are people that support you and love you. And so my encouragement will be that you actually talk to them because my guess is you've never made a major decision in your life without their guidance. Uh, she totally agreed with me on that one um, and was pondering. You could tell she was starting to ponder. I could tell from this young man that all he wanted to do was to make her happy. And I spoke to them about the fact that I could see that they really, really cared about each other and that I believed that they would be able to sort through this. 
I reminded them that they have time to make this decision and that regardless of what choice they make, we'd be there to support them and walk alongside them. I did see them a week later. Um, they still were uncertain, but they had spoken to family. And as predicted, their family were very supportive, um, but also saying, whichever option you choose, we'll be there to support you. And another week later, they made the decision that they would carry to term. It was so fun because during the pregnancy, that young man uh, visited a male mentor very regularly, every single week throughout the whole pregnancy. He went through um, so much training on what it meant to be a father. They have a beautiful, beautiful little girl. And I just recently spoke to them again and they've married and they're expecting their second child and are loving, loving, loving being parents. That's what I think God is calling pro-grace to do, is just impact the issue in such a way that God's true heart will be revealed in a way that people that know Him will grow to know Him a little bit better. So Anne, we have come to the end of our program and I wonder if you could please pray for us right now. I'd love to. Because Father God, here you are, a great and mighty and so gracious of a God. Mm. We're thankful for this program and we're thankful for all of the listeners. You know each and every one of them. You know their stories. You know how you want to reach out to them and we trust that this program will do just that. We'll equip them to be a little bit better when faced, not just with abortion, but the other difficult issues that we're facing in such a time as this that you will grow them in your likeness to extend the grace for everyone. And at the same time that they'll accept that grace for themselves, no matter what their story. For the ones that have had difficult circumstances, Father God, may they find a safe place to turn to, someone to talk to and to experience your healing and your transformation. We pray that you will use ProGrace, the churches and all its partners and all the pregnancy care centers across Canada. Use that movement and the great work that the men and women involved and the volunteers and in all different ways just to transform their communities. And again, that many, many will come to know you in a personal way and that the impact will not just be for today, but for eternity. That is our prayer. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Anne, for coming and sharing with us about ProGrace today. Thankful for the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Friends, you may have more questions about ProGrace, so we want to offer you free access to an ebook entitled The Third option. The third option is a new way you can approach the question of abortion. An ebook by ProGrace for Christians who want to rise above the polarization and view the issues through the gospel of grace. This ebook will give you deeper insights into the work of ProGrace. Here is the information you will need to receive today's free offer.
To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. Before you go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to paint a picture of hope for women of what's possible after an unplanned pregnancy. And the way we can do that is if local churches get involved in creating these communities. God's solution to the abortion issue will come through His church. And as we extend the same grace that we've received, that's when God will bring His solution and turn the tide of abortion. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.